Thank you for downloading this week's episode of PR Week's Coffee Break. For more episodes, visit PRWeek.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Coffee Break. My name is Steve Barrett. I'm the Editorial Director, PR Week, and uh, here with another show. Delighted to have Matt Prince with us, who's the Senior PR Manager at Taco Bell. Matt, welcome to Coffee Break. We should have uh, brought some pizza along as uh, sorry, some Mexican food along as well. We're going to talk about pizza, though, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Steve, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, so talk us through the whole... Taco Bell's done some great stuff in its marketing over the years, and we've written a lot of stories about it, especially the way you utilize social media. This whole thing around uh, Mexican pizza really caught the imagination. So give us a bit of the backstory to that and how it came about, and then we can chat about what you're doing with it now. Yeah, absolutely. So the Mexican pizza, I think, has been such a remarkable story. And from start to finish, I think it's such a unique campaign, a unique product. Uh, and what we've seen, you know, if we, you know, rewind a couple of years ago during the start of COVID, we, um, we removed Mexican pizza and several other menu items from our Taco Bell menu. And that was due to um, operational efficiencies. You know, our interior restaurants were closing. We wanted to make sure we were streamlining um, the drive through and, and taking away some of the more complicated products like the Mexican pizza was, was one of the things that helped uh, get us there. And, and to be honest, you know, the Mexican pizza wasn't as widely ordered, um, you know, as if you look at and compared to other menu items. During COVID, we saw some communications back to us via social of, of people being pretty uh, upset with the fact that the Mexican pizza was no longer on menus. And uh, it was, it was clear based on the feedback that we saw, we had, um, you know, petitions that were being created on change.org. I think, you know, now there's close to 200,000 signatures that are on there. Um, it was started by a man actually here in New York, um, Krish, who, um, you know, blew up way beyond, I think, any of his and our expectations. And then you have people like Doja Cat, Dolly Parton, um, other celebrities who really proclaimed their love for the product. And so it was, it was really clear that there was going to be something that was uh, part of this fun return campaign, which we had not planned to return the product. It was, you know, we had taken it off and it was off for good. But due to that feedback, we, we realized that there was something special and we had to bring it back. Yeah, it's an incredible story, isn't it? It's a bit like you don't realize what you're missing until it's not there. And um, the, the permit, getting 200,000 people to sign that petition is incredible. So um, you're part of Young Brands. I mean, you have a pizza company as part of your part of your operations, don't you? So how does that work? Or is it, do you operate very separately on that? Because in a lot of locations, you might be next to each other, maybe? Yes, we're we are uh, separated. Um, we're we're headquartered in different uh, in different states, but you know we can certainly commiserate with our uh, our sister brands and, and say you know what's what's the pizza conversation like for you? Uh, but I mean, I think more than anything. Um, you know, we, we share a lot of times best practices across the industry. Yum is the biggest restaurant uh, company in the world. So we're able to, to leverage each other's um, uh, kind of best practices. And even if one is selling fried chicken and one is selling pizza and one is selling Mexican inspired food, uh, you know, we have, there's a lot of uh, uh, best practices across the board that can really benefit each other. Yeah. Now tell us, so you've, you've got this reaction and you thought, okay, we're going to bring it back. So tell us how you then activated it and how, obviously for our readers, how you communicated around it and what techniques and tools you used. 
Yeah, I think the the separation piece of what made this campaign special was really leaning in, leaning into the authenticity of the product and the consumer feedback. Uh, so if you take someone like Doja Cat, who was very vocal around the brand taking away the product, it wasn't sunshine and rainbows from her. I mean, she was very critical of the brand. She was very critical of us removing it. And I think uh, you could have gone one of two directions with that. And for us, we wanted to lean in and we started really what was organic and authentic and to start, we wanted to continue that conversation, but we worked in partnership with her over the course of a year, almost a year and a half that build out this long-term storytelling uh, that I don't think we've ever seen from 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 our side as well and uh, so it was it was really great to see and it was leaning in it was trusting the process it was trusting the partner it was relinquishing control uh, of a lot where you know typically our job is to you know keep things tight to keep the the the, the commentary to keep the the storyline really tight and this was really leaning in to um you know let doja be doja and and really um, have that authentic connection from her to the brand because that's what the consumer was uh, experiencing as well so we had this kind of long-term communication build of her and her um being upset with the brand where it culminated with the announcement of the return of the product at coachella on stage she's performing to you know millions of people around the world and uh she announced that the, the mexican pizza was coming back which was a special moment in and of itself and then you have these other elements of of tying into culture so within that time dolly parton had shared her love for it so we decided to build out a musical that was born from TikTok um videos um from a choreographer named um uh uh, Kunda is his name, and it was really just a special uh, way of bringing to life what was already existing from our consumer behavior. We weren't fabricating anything, we weren't building anything that wasn't already in existence. And I think that's where you see the big success pieces of this brand in general, but specifically for this campaign. Yeah, it's an interesting mixture of earned, genuine earned media, isn't it? Because they're picking it up and they weren't paid to do that initially, but then they become almost brand spokespeople, and you do. But the Coachella mention is kind of worth its weight in gold, isn't it? But it's totally integrated into her act, her content, if you like. So it's an interesting way of, of doing it. You mentioned that you sometimes have to relinquish control, and that's social media, isn't it? You, you kind of have to let the conversation go. As a communicator, how do you do that? Because sometimes things can go wrong you know and we've seen we've all seen examples of things that didn't necessarily play out how people thought they would um what what is what's your advice to other communicators and marketers who are, who are looking at this and and want to put want to try something but you know it it, it can be a little bit uh, nerve <laughs> nerve-wracking to be honest it is nerve-wracking and i think to your point we've seen those examples of things go horribly wrong and so there's a lot of pressure from the individual, from the brand to get things right. But at the same time, you still need to be able to take those risks. You still need to be able to put yourself and the brand out there uh, and connect with the consumer in the way that they want to be communicated to. Social listening for us, I think, is such a huge unlock for the brand success. Um, it's one of those things that it's not proprietary information. Every brand in every, you know, um, uh, every state, every country has the same access to conversations. But what you do with that information, I think, is the differentiating factor. So we're able to move really quickly and we're able to look really strategically at those conversations and understand the patterns in which the you know viral uh, conversations take place. And if it's a negative uh, news cycle, 
monitoring things and determining, you know, is this increasing? Is it decreasing? When do you pull the the crisis response, you know, ripcord? And when do you not? And when do you just listen? And when do you um, kind of take different approaches to things? So we're very strategic on, on those elements. But it's led to some of our biggest, I think, culturally relevant moments. If you think about what we've done in the past, whether it be, you know, building out uh, Comic-Con demolition man activations, uh, uh, or if it's building out Taco Bell weddings or yeah, even the Taco Bell hotel. I mean, you have all of these components that, um, the Taco Bell emoji is another great example, programs that were built from and generated from insights that were taken from social listening. So, um, when you, when it's done well, you have infinite opportunities, um, both on the negative and positive side. Uh, so it works well for a brand. Inside baseball for a lot of people, but for our listeners, it's really interesting to know how, how do you interact with marketing, you know, in doing that? Because which, which part do you do on, in the comms team and which part do they do? I, I assume they leave the crisis to you, to the PR people, because that tends to be the way it works. But you have to get that balance right and make sure you're working together and not on parallel lines. Absolutely. I mean, I think the the blurred lines between PR and marketing are, are growing uh, year after year. Uh, it, you know, earned media now, we found that when we're functioning as a team across paid, earned, and owned at the same time, that's when we're at our best. And you know, we've equated it to something like a carousel where, you know, you have this um, sick cyclical motion, um, but everyone's moving up and down. Sometimes paid is going to be higher and sometimes earned is going to be lower. And then sometimes earned is going to be higher and, and owned is going to be supportive. So uh, finding that balance is, is really important for, for the teams, uh, but nothing is done on our own. And I think that's, that's really important because uh, whether it's just communicating of what's happening um, or just aligning on the visual look of things that are taking place, uh, you have to have that, that communication uh, with the, the cross-functional brands and you can't do it alone. And presumably, I mean, we've seen a trend that a lot of PR campaigns now do involve a lot of paid media, especially digital paid, right? Because you want to elevate what you're doing and, and you've got to spend a bit of cash to do that. So does that mean you're in the PR team having to learn a lot of paid media techniques or has that become second nature to you? I, th I think, uh, to your point, it is part of the, what um, that learning is and why it's so important to our teams. Um, but it's really leaning on the experts to help build it and bring it to life. But again, working with one another, um, not just packaging up and, and sending and saying, do your magic, you know, throw some paid dollars to it. But uh, understanding how newsrooms are working now, because it, it is shifting and, and why there's that, you know, there's the paid, you know, advertorial side of things, which we typically don't get into, but there's, you know, influential bloggers that are just as impactful, um, you know, as, as journalists and, uh, whether it be their social channels or their web platforms, the, there's usually dollars that are attached to some of those pieces. So, um, I think it's, it's being able to adapt to the modern way of the newsroom shifting and the modern way of marketing and uh, being able to to pull your resources and push them in places that makes make the most impact. And tell us how you bring in your agency partners, both PR firms and creative firms, into the process to to help you execute on these sort of uh, activations. Yeah, we are we are um, you know our our agencies are such an extension of us as an internal team. So our agency of record on the PR side is Edelman and. Um, they've been such great partners at really building out and thinking through thoughtful approaches to 
anything and everything that we do. And so it's, it's truly an extension of our team. We have a pretty small and mighty internal team. Um, and uh, Edelman has been such an amazing partner to, to build out those programs. Um, and uh, on the creative side, we work with Deutsche LA um, and building out some of our, our creative materials. And another, I think, reason to f- that, that uh, pushes our success is the integration between agencies because we have uh, so many of the agencies are working together, um, whether it be um, advertising or whether it be PR or whether it be a cultural agency in, in Kashmir that we recently um, uh, partnered with in the past year. You have all of these moving pieces and unless they are working um, together, you're not going to have those points of, of singularity and the points of impact. So um, it's been an amazing partnership all around the board, and uh, we're lucky to have all of our amazing agencies. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess the finance folks at uh, Young Brands want to know, okay, this is great. We're getting a lot of buzz. We're getting some great traction here. But is it actually resulting in more sales on the bottom line? Are you able to demonstrate that impact and lift in brand um, the view of the brand favorability and and actually to the bottom line in terms of sales? It's a great question. And in, in many cases, we can. In some cases, we can't. Uh, for example, when we launched the Taco Bell Hotel, if you put, you know, our earned media strategy and news cycles over the, you know, the the change and shift in the business, you can see, you know, patterns that match up with our earned strategy, which, you know, you could lead yourself to there, but it's not definitive. I think a good example, though, is is for this Mexican pizza, you had, you know, conversations were about seven times higher uh, than when the product left. Uh, and, you know, coincidentally, the product sales were about seven times higher. We were selling seven times more Mexican pizzas in restaurants when it came back than when it was leaving. So, um, you know, why there's not like that specific correlation between seven and seven, it's just, uh, it's an interesting, um, you know, uh, it's an interesting way to look at the impact of that earned and that marketing that's done because otherwise that awareness level would not have been there. And so we can, we can be really proud of those results. Yeah, and just to finish up, you mentioned that the musical had, had been postponed and Dolly Parton's involved with that. So when can we expect more on that and what, what's coming down the pipe in terms of the, that? Which uh, Anything involving Dolly has got to be a good thing. That's right. So, yeah, to, to my point earlier, we sold seven times more Mexican pizzas than we did originally. And so with that, we actually ran out in a, in a lot of places of the Mexican pizza ingredients. So we will be having to plan a, a return, a second return of the product, which will be coming in the, in the next few months. Um, along those lines, we will actually bring back our musical, which we had planned for earlier or later in May. And uh, Dolly Parton is the voice of the Mexican pizza. And it's really a, a story that was born out of TikTok and some trends, uh, but also celebrates just the beloved product and in its return. So we're excited to get that off the ground. And Dolly Parton, of course, as you mentioned, is amazing. Everything she touches is, is fantastic. So we're excited to have her as a partner. Um, so we'll see that uh, in the coming months. Sounds good. Can't wait to see uh, what Dolly does with that project. But Matt, thanks. Fascinating insights into what goes behind these activations and really interesting to, to uh, find it out. So uh, I guess we should have renamed this uh, Mexican pizza break. But thanks for joining us on Coffee Break. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Coffee Break. For more episodes, visit PRWeek.com.